I'm James Brian Smith. Welcome to the Things Above podcast. Today's thought from above is this. Give the best gift you can give. If you missed the pod episode or this is your first time listening, this is a podcast for what we call Mind Discipleship. It's a podcast for those who want to set their minds on things above. That's where the name of the podcast comes from, from Colossians 3, 1 and 2, where Paul encourages us to set our minds on things above. Setting our minds on good, beautiful, and true thoughts, on uplifting, encouraging, life-giving, biblically-based thoughts from above is not easy. And that is why we do this podcast, to provide for you in each episode a thought from above that you can dwell upon so that your heart will be warmed and you will become an epiphany of grace. Well, we're in the season of Advent as we're heading toward Christmas, and one of the things that most of us are doing in this season is thinking, what's the best gift I can give? We think about people, and we think about what they might like, and we think, wow, wouldn't it be great if I could get them something with that? When they open that up, it would be just fantastic. They would go, oh my goodness, this is great. This is perfect. So I think a lot about that. And as I was thinking about what kind of gift I would want to get from someone. You know, you think about Jesus and what we would call the golden rule from Matthew seven twelve: do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I think, well, what is it that I would, would most want? And I think that for the most part, I don't want anything. Like, I, I do like things. I like to have a nice new sweater or something. That's not the most important thing to me. So when I think about giving the best gift that we can give, it's certainly not going to be something that money can buy. But there is something that we can give to one another that is an incredible blessing. It doesn't cost anything, and we all can do it. It just takes a little bit of work on our part. So what I want to share with you today is a practice that I do. It's a regular prayer practice for me. And it's one it involves how I try to give a blessing to other people. So there are people in our lives that we are, you know, we're challenged by. People in our lives that you might call them EGRs, which is extra grace required. Maybe it's somebody in your family that you're going to be spending the holidays with. It's that person that when you're with, you feel like I got to just knuckle down and, you know, grip my teeth a bit to kind of put up with that person. We all have those extra grace required people. There are also people in our lives that we, well, they're not extra grace required, but they're people that we, we really wish things were different for them. We wish maybe their lives were different, that they did something different. I think of the song Brothers Keeper by Rich Mullins, a song, by the way, he wrote on my front porch. So it's one of my favorite songs of all of his songs. But in Brothers Keeper, he writes these words, my friends aren't the way I wish they were. They're just the way they are. But nonetheless, we do have that desire for people. But I just kind of wish they were this. So whether it's an EGR or someone we love that we we would want them to be different in some way, something about their lives to be different, there's a way to approach that that I think is very helpful. But first I want to name two things that we typically do that are not helpful. And they're very common. The first thing that we often do is judge people. 
that's the natural reaction, especially with an EGR, an extra grace required person is to sort of like, well, this is, they're this, they're that. Give them names for what you think is wrong with them. Judgment is easy to do. It's common. Kind of makes us feel a little better about ourselves if we can judge someone else because, well, we're not like them. But judgment doesn't actually help anyone. So if you're thinking of someone in your life who is in that extra grace required category, your judging them doesn't actually help them at all. The other thing that we often do, particularly for people that we love and we wish were somehow different, is we worry. And we think, oh my gosh, I'm so worried about so-and-so. I'm worried about this part of their life or that. But just like judging, it actually doesn't help anyone. Worry is just superstition. It actually accomplishes nothing except making us feel kind of bad and making our blood pressure go up in various things that aren't good. But worry actually accomplishes nothing. Okay, so if judgment and worry are not the way, is there a better way? I think there is. And I want to talk uh, now about a practice that I do, and it involves, as I said, how do I care for other people? So here's how it works. There are five steps to doing this. This is something that I try to do every day. The very first thing is to spend time counting my blessings. So the first step is gratitude. I want to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. And when I do that, when I spend even three minutes just thinking about things in my life that are a blessing, what happens is I move away from my problems to the many provisions that God has given me in my life. And that is just huge because my mind wants to drift to the problems. But when I start out and say, all right, I'm going to spend some time thinking about the fact that I've been given so many gifts. I didn't earn any of these things. I set a, a goal of at least three things and sometimes many more than that. And I spend some time just thinking about what blessings God has given me. When I do this, I find myself entering into a space of grace, is how I like to put it. When I move into that space, something shifts inside of me. I feel more at peace. I feel a little bit of joy. And that in itself, I mean, that in itself is one of the best gifts we can give to other people. If we are living out of a space of grace, it's such a gift to the people around us. I mean, imagine if before your EGR persons came to your house for the holidays and they spent 20 minutes counting their blessings, it would create a different experience, right? The environment would be different if everyone just did that. So the first step in this practice of prayer is to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Count your blessings. The second thing that I do is I ask God to give me courage to do the right thing. Now, that may seem strange that I'm asking God for courage, but I know that pretty much every single day of my life, I'm going to encounter someone, some situation, some circumstance that will be difficult for me to do the right thing. And the right thing is always going to be to do what Jesus says to do. So to love someone, even if they don't love in return, to tell the truth, not to judge, not to worry, to have already named, to do those things will we'll take some courage. So after I've counted my blessings, I then take a little time and say, okay, Lord, I would love for you to strengthen me today 
so that I can learn how to love people as I would want to be loved. Praying for that courage to do the right thing. Once I'm in that place then, the third thing that I do is to pray for the person. And here I think about what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount about ask, seek, and knock. Ask, seek, and knock. That's such an incredible, important idea that Jesus shares with us. It's in Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. But what does that really mean? For me, asking means first and foremost, praying for that person. Whether it's the EGR person or the person that I love, that I care about, that I would like to fix but can't, the first thing I do is pray for them. I just pray for them. And my favorite way to pray for someone is to envision Jesus embracing them. So in my mind's eye, I see that person, and I see them embraced by Jesus. And I just hold that idea and think about how much God loves them. And then I ask, God, would you do for them today the thing that they need for this day? Because you know their needs. You know their story. I don't know everything about them, but you do. So I pray for them. And Jesus is so brilliant because when you begin praying for someone, you begin loving them more. Even if it's an EGR kind of person, you begin to feel a kind of love for them. The fourth thing that I do is seek. So you did first was ask, that was the third step, and then next is to seek. For me, what it means to seek is to ask to see signs and guidance that come from the unseen kingdom of God. So then the next thing I pray is I say, Lord, give me eyes to see. I'm going to keep my eyes wide open to see you at work. And maybe there'll be some moment, some opportunity where I begin to see them in a new way. And I begin to see that the kingdom is at work in them. And then to knock. Knock means for me to show solidarity, to communicate with that person, I am with you. I stand in solidarity with you. Judgment so often is really dive bombing. I mean, we come in with our judgment, we drop it on somebody, and then we just fly off and damage is done. That doesn't work. Worry, well, it doesn't do any good. But when I do knock, when I do that part of this, of ask, seek, and knock, I then am able to find a way to say, I'm in solidarity with you. This is such a profound practice and something that happened to me several years ago when I first started doing this practice was I was invited to be a part of a a group of people. It was a work project and it was myself and three other people. And after 10 minutes of being with these other three people, there was one person in the group I just didn't like. I'll call him Stewie, not his real name. But Stewie got under my skin pretty quick. He was condescending. He was dismissive. He was arrogant. See how I'm judging? I know how to do it. But I walked away from that first meeting thinking, oh my goodness, I've got to keep working with this guy. This is not going to be fun. And over time, before I started the practice, he became a kind of nemesis to me. He was a person that I really was judging and was, you know, thinking a lot about, like, I wish I didn't have to work with this guy. 
But then I was convicted by the Spirit who said, he is a sacred child of God. You need to do this prayer practice with him. And so I did. I began doing exactly after counting my blessings. I would ask for courage to try to do the right thing with him. And then I would ask, I would pray for him. And I would seek and I would knock. I would show solidarity. I would, I would try to be able to stand with him. I would look for signs of the kingdom. And I did this for quite some time. About seven months into this process of working with him, I was at a social event, and who comes up to me but his wife? And Stewie's wife says to me, I just want you to know my husband thinks very highly of you. And I thought, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I wanted to say, you mean the guy that I really have found challenging. But I'd been praying for him. So I said, wow, well, thank you very much. And she says, yeah, you'll, you'll never know how, how important your relationship is with him. He really, he, he said he's learned a lot from you. And um, he just really enjoys being with you. And I thought, okay, there's, there's a sign. And in the next several months in my interactions with him, I began to show more solidarity that I was for him and with him. And even more began to change in the relationship, in the dynamic. He shared some of his story. I, I learned the backstory. And you know that great quote by Philo of Alexandria, be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. I didn't know what battles he'd been fighting, but he began to share that with me. And I began to feel more compassion for him. And then eventually at a certain point, he said, I've been given this opportunity for this project to work on, and there's no one I would rather work on it with than you. And I was very moved. And I thought, oh, Lord, you really do work in amazing ways. Because the thing is this, when we work with God in his kingdom, we're working with the presence, power, protection, and provision of God. Think about that. The kingdom of God is the with God life. And when you live with God in the kingdom, and we do this intentionally, it doesn't just happen unless we step into it, but when we step into it and do that practice that I just described, that's all that was, is saying, I'm opening myself, God, to you being at work. I can count on God's presence with me, God's power, the greatest power in the universe. I can count on God's protection, that God is with me, protecting me. If I'm ever afraid or thinking that my vulnerability is going to get me hurt, God is there. And God's provision. God can bring things and make things happen that I could never do. And that's how you do this sort of thing, because you're not doing it yourself. You don't have to make this happen. Dallas Willard would often say, do the next thing you know to be right and expect God to bail you out. I love that. Just do the next thing you know to be right, which is typically whatever Jesus said to do. Do the next thing you know to be right and expect God to bail you out, because it will be difficult. There'll be times when doing that right thing will be a challenge that God will be there with you. You can count on it, which essentially is what Jesus was saying in what we call the golden rule. In everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. For this is the law and the prophets, meaning this is everything. It all comes down to that. That golden rule, man, it is golden. It is there for a reason. In The Good and Beautiful You, I tried to say in that book, succinctly, I would just put it this way, 
to see yourself as a divinely designed, deeply desired, lavishly loved, fully forgiven, sacred story of grace. But remember, it's not just us. Every person you see, to look at them, to see that person as a divinely designed, deeply desired, lavishly loved, fully forgiven, sacred story of grace. That's what I was trying to do with Stewie, and that is what happened. Eventually, it brought a shift. And I would discover an important truth that many times when we do this, that person who is the EGR, the extra grace required, becomes an EGG, extra grace given. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Hey folks, I want to let you know about a recent development here at Friends University where I teach. We have an undergraduate degree program in Christian spiritual formation, a Bachelor of Arts degree, that's both a first and a second major. Now, I teach in this program, as well as some other amazing professors, and I am pleased to announce that Friends University is offering an amazing scholarship of up to $18,000 per year to students interested in studying Christian formation as a part of their college experience. In addition to this amazing scholarship, there'll be hands-on learning with ministry leaders, working with me and others, and great opportunities for internships. Again, this is for both a first major, those who plan on going into ministry, as well as those seeking it as a second major, meaning those who are going to become accountants or therapists or graphic designers or teachers or engineers, any number of other vocations, but they also want to grow in their spiritual lives while in college and get a pretty big scholarship to help pay for college. So if you know someone who would benefit from a degree like this, check out our website, apprenticeinstitute.org, and click on the Friends University tab. Again, apprenticeinstitute.org, and click on the Friends University tab. I hope you join me next time. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith. And you can learn more about this podcast. And if you'd like to donate to the Things Above podcast, you can do so on our website, apprenticeinstitute.org. Click the Donate Now button at the top of the page. It's really easy, and it would mean a lot to me. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, and you can also subscribe, which means you're going to get them automatically each week. My hope, as always, is that one day if you're asked, what's on your mind? Your answer will be, things above. <laughs> <laughs>